What is the church's call when your community is destroyed? What does a church do when the literal floodgates open and devastate your town, sending neighbors into a panic during a time when the world is already upside down in the middle of a pandemic? On May 19th, in Midland, Michigan, a city of 42,000 people two hours north of Detroit, warnings went out in an emergency broadcast to evacuate the town because the neglected dams had failed. The flood displaced thousands of people from their homes. Recovery efforts are still underway eight months later. Today on the Metro Detroit Pastors Podcast, we are sitting with Gib Giblin, a pastor on staff with Midland Evangelical Free Church. The church has been very involved in the recovery efforts, and we're going to talk not only about their work, but the role all churches play when disaster strikes. So thank you, Gib. I appreciate you taking the time to come down and be with us uh, and to share what's been going on with you guys. Appreciate you spending the time. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, so let's just start off talking about that day. Uh, I, I can't imagine what it was like for you. Um, and so take us through that. Tell us about May 19th. What was that day like for you? What did, what did you see happening in Midland? Well, it started when the uh, the first alarm went off at like one thirty in the morning, and it's like the Amber Alert. You know, your phone goes off and wakes you up out of a deep sleep, and you're going, "Oh my gosh, what what's going on?" And they say uh, evacuate because uh, you know the dams are going or uh, yeah. possibly breaking. Did you believe it? Did you believe your eyes? Did you what? Did, what what well, raced through your mind? I, I actually lived upstream from two of the dams. So I thought, it's not going to make any difference. Then my phone started ringing, mm-hmm. including one of my neighbors who's on the uh, the lake commission and said, uh, Gib, get out. Wow. Because if the water keeps coming up, you're not going to be able to get out. And so get out when you can get out. And then we had people calling us. In fact, it was hard to pack because so many people were calling us and saying, get out, get out, get out, get out, get what, what, out. Did you have like an amount of time? Did, were they saying, get out, no. and you, you got, well, you got we, 15 minutes, you got three hours? They were coming hours. through the neighborhood, going door to door, knocking on the doors, and you know you heard the, the loudspeakers going off uh, on the trucks uh, you know, that you have to evacuate. Uh, so, it was a, so we had two dogs that we had to pack up. And then some friends in town called and said, hey, uh, we heard you had to evacuate. Why don't you come here? Mm-hmm. Somebody so, was far away from the water. So after the dam broke at 2 in the afternoon, uh, hmm. that night, they got evacuated. So we actually got evacuated twice. Oh, my goodness. So that time we called some other friends and go, hey— that they were on high ground, and we can we come stay with you? And they said sure. And so you had three households all staying there in the one in the one house because I assume the people you were staying with also no had they, to they they went to her sister's. Oh, okay, so they went. So to it was place. like they went to someplace else, but it was it was wild. That is wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thirty four hundred homes were evacuated that night. No one died. Wow. And that, that is a miracle. You hear all these stories yeah. about. What you do know. you attribute that to, that, that something this devastating would happen and no one, no one dies? Do you? Well, God. Well, yeah. You know, obviously, yeah, yeah. providence. But, yeah. but un, unbeknownst to really the public in general, they had practiced 
this okay. several times. Okay. So the authorities knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And so they had a plan and volunteers and active uh, caregivers, Boy. you know, uh, police, fire, everybody, EMS people were out, you know, knocking on doors, cleaning neighborhoods. My goodness. And some neighborhoods were worse than others, you know, as far as a threat. Is this something that those people who live in in Midland had any idea could happen or might happen? Is this something, was this ever discussed in the past? Was it, well, do you know what I'm saying? You know, saying? Yeah, there was always, you know, anytime there's a dam, you always have kind of in the back of your mind that, gosh, what would happen if the dam broke? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Midland floods quite often. Mm. It's, uh, that's one reason why the dams are there. Mm-hmm. You know, historically they flooded. Uh, the 40 people that flooded within the church uh, this time, almost the same 40 people flooded in 17 oh, when there was another flood. So it's almost sad. This was yeah. much worse. Yeah. Some people had three feet in 17. This time they had eight or 10 feet. Oh, my goodness. So it's a very, very different deal. But I could go through the list that I had from them and almost start going, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Were you able to return to your house shortly thereafter? Or what uh, happened with your couple, house? A couple of days later. Okay. So yeah. you didn't take on water then? No. Okay. No. My goodness. Yeah. And that, but that's when the work really began. Because yes. you said there were 3,400 homes? Evacuated, but not that many got wet. I see. Okay. So, Do you, was, like the one people that we got evacuated from in town, they, they didn't come anywhere close to getting wet. Mm. But there's, it's really hard to know. Sure. What's going to happen, yeah. and and the way the water would go through a dam, and how it would spread out. Yeah. Uh, one of the houses I'll talk about later. <laughs> uh, there were houses that were upstream on different rivers. Mm. They got flooded because the water backed up. Just because how high hydraulics work. Huh? Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's uh, that's unreal. I imagine it's uh, it's been very hard emotionally for people uh, in the community over the last eight months. What what has been the attitude of people in Midland? Well, initially, Midland's a great community. Mm-hmm. It really is very very helpful, very centered around the community and and just benefiting the community, doing things. Uh, there's not a whole lot of infighting mm-hmm. or anything like that. So the days after the flood, I mean, people that didn't get flooded went and helped. Almost everyone knew somebody somewhere. Uh, and so the streets were crowded. Wow. Uh, people took their masks off. You know, at first we were going, oh, my gosh, is this going to be a, a huge bump in COVID? Right. It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, groups brought hundreds, if not thousands, of people in mm. uh, to help muck and gut. And so it was just a, you went through people's homes and ripped everything that got wet out. Hmm. So that really speaks to the, uh, the importance and the blessing of having created a great community unity prior to something like this. Right. And like Samaritan's Purse came in Hmm. and, um, you know, they bring in a lot of volunteers and a lot of uh, equipment Hmm. and they organize. And we organize. Yeah. Uh, the Free Church has a crisis response group. Wow. Uh, and they call us the day after the flood 
And I said, please come. What does that look like? What is a, what is the crisis? Is that like a group of people from the this region that all just sort of converge on a place uh, like this? Actually, this is the furthest north uh, in the Midwest they'd ever done. Typically, they focus on hurricanes. Mm-hmm. They, so they did Katrina. Okay. In fact, they just shut down their efforts to after Katrina. 18 years later. Oh, my goodness. They oh, were still working on that. They were still working on that. Oh, my and goodness. And so our church had sent people down there to work with them. So they knew us. So they offered to come help. I said, come help, because it's organizing mm-hmm. the long-term thing. is good. Like Samaritan's Purse was there yeah. for like two months, and they pulled out after the houses were cleaned up, but the houses weren't rebuilt. Okay. And so— uh, what we're working on is rebuilding. Okay. And that's why I know we really appreciate DOXA coming. Mm, yeah. uh, but just a lot of different churches are coming. Mm-hmm. And part of that, you know, you ask about the attitude in the community. Mm-hmm. After a week or two, people go, well, it's over. <laughs> yeah. and, and they get back to life. It's sort of like what happens after a funeral. Yes, yes. It's, and the people that are affected are still very much are, affected. Are still there. We still have people within the church that are having their houses worked on. Wow. You know, uh, cabinets put back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you think it takes forever. Yeah. To say, you know, when my wife and I got flooded in Houston years ago, it took us nine months mm. to put the house back together. Mm. Unreal. And it's so it's a very, very slow process. So we need help yeah. with people coming in, bringing in crews of people that can do drywall. Yeah. Um, well, I know that electricity, stuff like that. I know it's a big blessing too to the groups that come in as well. I mean, oh, as yeah. you mentioned earlier, a group from our church here at Doxa has gone a few times and they have come back just so very uh, blessed and excited about being able to help. It's a blessing yeah. to those who come as well as to those who yeah. are served by it for yeah. sure. I, and actually, a lot of the people we're helping now are not in Midland. Oh, because okay. Midland was so organized. But the communities around Midland, they do not have the infrastructure. And so you get up on the lakes and house after house after house. Some of them haven't even been mucked out yet. Oh, my goodness. Eight months later, they've not been mucked out? And people are living there. Oh, wow. And it's like, wow. Wow. It's, 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 some of them are really bad. Yeah, that, would, that could even be. Oh, dangerous health-wise. Yeah, yeah health-wise. Yeah. My goodness. Tell us, uh, you talked a little bit about this uh, crisis unit that came in. I know that Midland Evangelical Free Church uh, itself has has been a big part of the response. What what is what has the church been doing to help with the recovery effort, specifically your your church community? Well, we got out, and you know the the Free Church's group that was there helped us kind of organize. So we did uh, handouts, mm-hmm. and we would go from like door to door saying, "Hey." If you need some help, let us know, and, and we'll try to get people here to help. And we had like 168 houses that we had some sort of relationship with. We'd been in there, looked, helped gut, helped do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those we try to keep up with. Mm-hmm. And eventually we realized that we could, couldn't help all of them. Yeah. And uh, sort of the starfish mentality yeah. going, look at all, well, we can help this one, but yeah. we can't help that one. Yeah, I would imagine and, the, that, and, that compassion fatigue might set in and you go, oh, you yeah. might start to feel like, ah, if yeah. we can't help everybody, it's hard to 
to engage, but yeah, you do need to. So what we decided to do is we would uh, help the 40 houses within the own, the church, and then we would pick another 40 that we would try to focus on mm. to make sure that they get help. Wow. So kind of almost doubling up, 40 yes. in the church, 40 outside right. the church. Cool. And and we, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had 28 done. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that's and, phenomenal. And most of the church ones are done, um, as far as what we could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there's a couple of folks we're going to go back and help with drywall in the basements and things. And and they didn't need their basements. They didn't use their basements. They kind of went, ah, this can wait. Mm. Wow, that's that's pretty uh, amazing to think that that folks would look at their situation and say, you know, push me down the the list a little bit. Oh, yeah. Well, but that's because some of these folks, I mean, they were uh, like Red Cross would help them mm. with rent for like two or three months, and they needed to be back in their homes. Right, right. Uh, yeah. So. This is, uh, these these tragedies, unfortunately, these, these, um, these uh, you know, the pandemic is one of those things, but also uh, uh, an acute situation like the flood here. It seems like it always hits those who are marginalized, who are who are closer to the poverty line, the hardest. Uh, they just have so little margin to be able to deal with. Oh yeah, with issues like yeah. this. Yeah, and a lot of these folks did not have flood insurance, mm. and you could get uh, loans mm. from the government and low interest. But a lot of these older men did not want to take out a loan. They go. Kib, I'm 75 years old. <laughs> I'm not going to pay off and, a loan. And then some folks would be like within hundreds of dollars of not qualifying for the loans. They made too much money, uh, but it's like only a couple hundred bucks. And you go, yeah. wow, that hundred dollars there makes a, a $30,000 difference oh, boy. in what the kind of help they could get. So yeah. it's, so it's really frustrating. They get they get caught in this malaise, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of the the forty homes that we were helping, there would be somebody in the church assigned to that home, mm-hmm. uh, and they were helping them with insurance, mm-hmm. uh, with getting additional help. Uh, I know I've been in some of the houses where I'm listening to the person helping, talking to the insurance person on the phone because the homeowner was lost they just they didn't know what to do man that's so great that it's it seems like there's so many different levels there's the physical side there's the emotional help that you can be there's the the spiritual witness for christ you can be in a situation like that there's the just the practical oh let me get on the phone and help you walk through this really difficult situation with you and people would constantly ask the question why are you doing this Hmm. why are you doing this Hmm. you know we're going because christ yeah because of christ he said, love your neighbor. And here we are. And here we are. Yeah. And well, for, for whatever reason, we became friends with you. Hmm. And so we wanted to help. That's really cool. So, what are one or two uh, uh, projects that you've, you've found uh, to be especially emotionally impactful for you personally as you've been going through this? Well, one of the ones where I was talking about earlier, they're, they're on one of these back rivers. And uh, they were 15, 20 feet above the, the Salt River. And they ended up getting 10 feet of water in their house. And they, and they would describe it as the river flowed upstream. Mm. In fact, they were into cat rescue. And uh, 
Oh, um, no. They had 10, 20 cats inside their house. Well, they left their house, and they went, oh, my gosh, we got to go back and get the cats out. Oh. And so they went back, and this guy's loading cats up and cat carriers <laughs> on, on two-inch dow foam, you know, this, the blue foam. Yeah. And, yeah. and pushing them out in the water. And so when he went in, it was knee-deep. And he left, and it was hip deep, and he actually got swept away. And one of his neighbors was on uh, was had a rope tied to him and caught him as he went across the 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 road. Oh my goodness! And uh, they yeah they don't know they still go wow we don't know what would have happened to him yeah if he had gone swept swept upstream yeah could have been could have been uh, could have been lost on so that. we've been so we've been working on this house and. We have small groups and guys in the church go out and help and, <laughs> you know, replace bathrooms, replace electricity, uh, replace the heating and air conditioning. Is it livable yet? Uh, Getting there? Yeah, <laughs> but it's close. Close? It's, it's close. All right. Very good. What, what, uh, what has been some of the, the feedback you've received from um, the people that you've met along with, you were saying before, people asking, why are you doing this? But have you, have you seen uh, relationships grow? And, oh, and, gosh, yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 very, very much. Yeah. Because, you know, the, 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 the government folks that are assigned, they care, but, you know, they've got like 200 people right. that they've got to keep up with. And they, there's no way, you know, you call them and it might be days before they call back. Mm. Uh, so it's really nice for these folks to have somebody that, that calls them and maybe go sees them a couple of times a week yeah. uh, or even more often. Did the, did the church for the, for the 40 houses that you focused on outside of the church, did, did how, how did you vet, how did you determine who you were going to help in the community? I think this is the reason I'm asking this question first, is because first, the first people that called you. Yeah. Well, no, 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 yeah. no. Like yeah. how, how do you figure out who's first? Yeah. And I think the right. reason I'm asking that is because I think there's a, there's a tendency in churches to, to, to look at a community in any situation, not necessarily a flood, but any situation and say, we'd like to be able to be a blessing. We'd like to be able to help. We don't know how to vet good opportunities. We don't know. We don't know how to really think about who to help and the most strategic way to help. I imagine you had a lot of folks that were very interested in having you come help. How did you, uh, on your end of things, determine where you were going to go? Well, the crisis response guys were great with that. They helped us, you know, before they left, they helped us come up with, okay, Who's, who's not living in their house? Mm. You know, who needs to get, get back in? Who's, you know, mm-hmm. who can you go in? And you can, you know, if you get the walls back up and, you know, the electric working, you've got working water and heat uh, mm. and, and drywall, and it, it may just be plywood floors, but you can live that way. You can live that way, yeah. You can live that way. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of what we were going. We're, we're going, we're done mm. when the walls are up. and Hmm. Um, you know, drywalled. Yep. Wow. Uh, you know, not everything's uh, perfect. Yeah. How, how often is uh, at this point? You know, here it is. Now we're 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 recording this now here in January, um, and, and it'll still be cold when when this airs in uh, in a, in about a month. Yeah. Um, I I imagine it's gotten more difficult to do the work now with with the winter onset has that has that affected you a lot in the work that you're able you to have do? to figure out some way to heat the house if it you know if you're doing drywall in there mm-hmm. and it's but you know you could work at 40 i mean 40 50 mm. 50 degrees yeah you know 
uh, the drill warms up in your hand really well. And, uh, <laughs> and do you, and is the church, uh, is the church, uh, uh, folks at, at Midland Evangelical Free Church, are they staying uh, positive? Or are they still saying, you know, we, 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 Oh, we're exhausted. I imagine you we're, are. We're, we're tired. And that's, that's why we ask other churches to come help. Mm-hmm. And, uh, some churches send crews, some churches send money, because we're helping folks like like these folks I just talked about their house. Uh, they needed an extra heater mm. to help, so we we bought them a, a heater. Yeah, and the know? church has set up a fund to be able to receive funds from the outside to be able yeah. to do that. That's and f- it's such and a it's, good idea. It's good, you know, because we wanted to help people within the church and and outside, mm-hmm. and that was a, the goal from from the very beginning. Yeah. Try to do it 50-50. We didn't want people within the church to struggle, but at the same time, we didn't want these folks. You know, you get to a point where you're you're almost there. You're almost there. You're almost there. <laughs> you go, hey, let's 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 get them across the line. You know, get them in their house. Get them get them going. Hmm. You know? Wow, that's really and, cool. You know, it's this this one guy's house. You know, it was an A-frame uh, up on the lake. He had about eight feet of water in it. And, uh, you know, he's 70 something years old and we're in there and, and we've gone through and, you know, we, we put drywall in and other stuff. Um, and he went, I've got cobwebs up there. I go, (laughs) I go, I got a pole. I'll I'll come over and just, you know, I, you know, and a brush and I'll, uh, I'll get your cobwebs off. He goes, those things have been up there 15, 20 years, you know? And, and so, you know, so we're, we're upgrading. Hey, upgrading, look at that. Know? And uh, it was, you know, it's kind of fun. Wow. And, and he's so appreciative because he knows he can do it. And That's he so lived good. in his travel trailer. You know, he had a little travel trailer that parked on his property. Mm. And he lived on that. But that had been really tough mm. now. Well, I tell you what, you know, nobody wants a flood, but what a what a what a beautiful picture of the body of Christ at work being a blessing to the community yeah. in times like these. Yeah. Um, just a just really cool. Have you uh, are there other local churches? I imagine there are. Oh yeah, that are they're also engaged oh, in that same kind of work. Oh, oh yeah, so there, cool. There are so yeah. cool and so many, but so many people in the community just think, well, Samaritan's Purse left. It must be over. Oh, okay. Okay. And you're yeah. going, no. We're here for you. No, <laughs> no, no, no. No, you got to get. And then a lot of people, you know, you just, you have a, a kind of this trauma fatigue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. You just, you just get tired. Yeah. You go, oh, I can't do this anymore. I just want something. But then you go and the people are appreciative and there's, there's incremental, you know, successes and it and you know you're working towards a goal hmm. and we can't do them all right but we can do some you can do some and and, and that's what we're doing yeah and keep we're working until some. the work yeah. is done yeah that's that's great that's great gib what are some uh what are some passages of scripture that have been particularly helpful uh in motivating and sustaining you through this incredibly difficult season of ministry well you know uh i talked earlier you know what, what's the greatest commandment you know, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, mm. all your strength, and love your neighbor mm. as yourself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the guy, you know, when Jesus talks about that, the guy goes, well, who's my neighbor? <laughs> and and that's where he talks about the good Samaritan. Right. Uh, and Samaritans weren't viewed as neighbors. 
then. So, I mean, Jesus really pulled some great, great, that's a great passage. Found the but least neighborly guy that that guy asking the question could think of could think and of, said this and, would be. And he was a great neighbor. Yeah. He did the right thing. Yeah. He did good. And, and that was, that's probably a big thing that I come, come you know, I keep encouraging people. Mm-hmm. Jesus, Paul, and Peter all say somewhere in their writings, do good. Mm. Do good. Yeah. Do good to your neighbor. Do good. You know, do good in your community. And it's, uh, but it's do good with a purpose. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, it's, uh, Modeling Christ, mm-hmm. explaining Christ, absolutely, uh, being a witness for what He's done in our lives. That's right. And I'm God will open up all kinds of opportunities to share with people, and you know, not everybody. I'm certain uh, that you've that you've uh, met along the way in this journey of of work has been especially keen on hearing the gospel, uh, but but the opportunity to be able to to help somebody and then just to have the opportunity to share Christ, regardless yeah. of what the Lord does with the gospel in that moment, is is such a key part of what it means to be the church. Oh yeah, there was a, there was a woman from another church. You know, a crew came up. You know, you know for a day, and they're working in this house, and uh, you know, nice house on the lake, no insurance, no 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 way for them to have ever re- repaired this house, and. Uh, when uh, the women that came up, and oftentimes what we'll tell a team is to say, if they want to talk, stop doing what you're doing and talk because they need to talk. Mm-hmm. And this woman at the end of the day, you know, she's getting ready to go back to her home and she goes, I have a new friend. Wow. And, you know, uh, I got to explain the gospel. I got to explain, you know, why I'm here. Uh, but she's my new friend. Yeah. You know, we're going to keep talking. That's awesome. You know, I'm, I may come back, may not come back, but I've got her phone number mm. and we're going to talk That's because it just, you know, you click with people. Sure. Um, oftentimes men click that yeah. way because, you know, you're, <laughs> you're working shoulder to shoulder, uh, helping put drywall in, yeah. uh, tear stuff out, uh, yeah. I mean, when you get two guys together doing, doing the work side by side, that gives them the opportunity to kind of grow that oh, yeah. relationship in a way that, you know, sitting around, um, you know, sitting around a table drinking coffee would be much harder, I think, right. for, for guys to connect sometimes. Oh, yeah. Man, that's really cool. So, so you have a purpose and a plan. Mm. And there's a lot of folks in the church that are either construction or they have a wood shop. They mm-hmm. know what they're doing mm-hmm. and they can help. They can help, yeah. or they can tell somebody else yeah. how to do something. So tell me about these groups that have been coming up. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that uh, our listeners would be interested uh, in, in, in checking this out more. I'm certain we have listeners that would say, hey, you know, that sounds like something I would like to do. Um, what is a typical experience uh, of, of a group that comes up? Do they come up overnight? Do they come up for the day? Do, generally speaking, what does a group do? We, we've, we've done both. Okay. Uh, groups that are close. Uh, just say, hey, show up, show up in the morning. You know, you can you can work for a day. Uh, we've had groups come up, and we've been able to house them somewhere or another. Uh, some churches have a uh, uh, a missions fund uh, to send groups all over the place, especially overseas, and they can't do it this year. Hmm. So yeah. so 
So they're putting their people up in a hotel oh. for a couple of days. And, yeah. and I'm going, wow, that's great. Yeah, that's a great way to uh, do it. But I mean, you guys stayed in, yeah. uh, with us and uh, uh, that was great. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, it, it works. Okay. So uh, if, if a group wanted to do this, and I know you're still ex- receiving groups and getting them up there and doing the work, how, yeah. would, a, how would a group go about, uh, go about uh, setting up an opportunity to come? Probably best thing to do is go on the website, go to Midland Evangelical Free Church. It's mefchurch.org. And uh, uh, on the front page, there's things that pop up when it says flood response. Click that, and it'll go, and you just fill out a volunteer um, application and submit it. And you can just put in the note there going, hey, I'd like to bring people up from my church Mm -hmm. to come and come help. That's awesome. And that'd be great. We'd love it if our listeners would think deeply about uh, spending a day or spending a couple of days getting some, a group of friends from your church uh, to go up and, and just be part of this. Um, you, we will be blessed. You will not regret that choice. Uh, so check, check it out. Go to MEF, uh, mefchurch.org and uh, follow the instructions there. You can also, if you want to, you can contact us here at Doxa Church, uh, doxadetroit.org. You can send us an email, give us a phone call. And uh, we do send, we've, we have sent, and we're going to continue to send groups up from our church. And so if you're a person who says, I don't know if I can organize a team of people, but I sure would like to be part of a team that would go up. Um, Doxa is always is setting up more of those. And so you can definitely um, be part of that if you're, if you're sitting there and you're inspired and you feel that the Lord is really tugging on your heart to be part of this. Um, do you have to be especially skilled? To come on up and be part of this, what do you? Not, you? not necessarily. Okay. You know, we'd prefer we've had solo people show up, and that's a little more challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, with homeowners and everything else. So we'd we'd rather there be two or more. Sure, of course, within a group. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just depends on but, on skill set. Yeah, like do you, you have know? to say someone's listening right now and they say, "Well, I'd sure like to be part of that," but they're they're more they're they're more like me, <laughs> where mm-hmm. uh, you know my my tools are things like books and and stuff, and I, I don't uh, you know I don't put up a lot of drywall and, right. and things. I have put up drywall, but mm-hmm. I don't put up a lot of drywall, and I don't swing a lot of hammers. Um, is there? But you know, is there going to be always a role? clean up? Yeah, there's always clean up. There's always uh, hauling stuff around. Uh, and then there's also talking yeah. uh, to the homeowners because that's a, that's a crucial part mm-hmm. of this. Yeah. They were, they were traumatized. Mm. Uh, mm. I mean, I can still remember eating breakfast, standing in a foot of water in my oh, house, goodness. you know, and going, <laughs> and, and the Red Cross people going down the street going, please evacuate. We <laughs> expect the water to get deeper. And you go, oh man, oh man. Yeah. And it's just, it's just discouraging. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you need, you need people of all kinds, whether you're a, a seasoned carpenter or whether you're just a willing participant, um, they could definitely use you up in, in Midland helping out. And like I said, um, like, like Gibbs said before, check out the website there, uh, mefchurch.org. You can also go to doxadetroit.org and get some more information uh, there. Uh, contact us and we, we can get you on a team that might be going up uh, here pretty soon. Um. I want to thank you, Gib, for taking the time to walk us through uh, this ministry. We will certainly be praying that the Lord would continue to open up doors for the gospel as you as you rebuild the community, as the Lord gives you opportunity to um, not only invest in the infrastructure, but to invest in the spiritual lives and the lives, the physical lives of the folks uh, that God is is bringing uh, to your doorstep. 
Uh, and I want to thank you listeners also. Uh, please subscribe to our channel for more great content like this. This is the first episode of our spring season, and new episodes are going to be published every other Monday, so come join us again. At MDP, we're working to fuel the light of the gospel in Metro Detroit for the glory of God.